Hi everyone, welcome to the Blue Ridge Church of Christ podcast. My name is Phil Bruns. Thank you so much for taking time from your day to be with us. You know, a farmer goes out to his field during the middle of the summer just to take an evaluation of how the crops are growing. Well, today during our summer growing season, it's time to take a look at ourselves to see how we are growing spiritually this summer growing season. We are not much of farmers uh, at our home. We do have some pots with a few herbs and spices growing in them and some tomatoes. But we also have a flower garden. And whether you're a big farmer that has acres and acres of, of corn or beans, wheat, something of that nature, or even if you just have a flower bed during the summer, it's always time to go out and take a look and uh, pull some weeds to check out to see how the plants are doing, to, to water them when the uh, weather is dry and to take care of them and evaluate how they are doing. Well, today we thought it might be a nice time to, to look back over the last uh, few podcasts that we've had during our what we call a summer growing season and just do a little evaluation, a little bit of a halftime, if you will, uh, on how we're doing uh, of, of absorbing uh, these men and women and their lives uh, into our lives and what we are learning from them in practical application. You know, one of the things I'm working on in my life, not in a spiritual sense by any means, but I am trying to grow in my ability to make pizza crusts. I first started making pizzas uh, maybe 10 years ago sometime, and they were pretty bad pizzas, but I tried to do my best. The toppings were always good. It was always came down to the crust was, uh, was a little bit suspect, but I have been trying to grow in my pizza making. I've recently tried some new type of flour that's actually going very well, and uh, it was my best crust ever, the last one that, that I made, and I have a, a frozen dough left over from that one that uh, is in reserve for next time, so I feel like I'm growing in my pizza making. But on the spiritual front, I'm also trying to grow. I'm putting full effort and just trying to take my trust in God to a new level. My trust in how he is working in my children's lives. Uh, trust in how he is working in my friendships. Trust in how he is working in the Blue Ridge Church of Christ where we serve. Trust in how he's just working in my marriage and, and uh, my relationship with my uh, wife. So how does that show up? Well, uh, for me, you know, I go to him in prayer and I trust that he is answering some of the hardest ones even when I don't see the answers before me. And I keep going back in prayer, keep going back to him, uh, asking uh, for my desires, for, for, for answered prayers. I also put my faith into action. Just trusting God makes me want to uh, make more effort. Uh, you know, doing something and then putting the uh, responsibility on God. In other words, uh, just going out to invite a few people uh, to our worship service, going up to a stranger and offering them a card or offering them some help with what they, what they might need. But offering myself in service to others in hopes that they might want to be seeking God themselves. And then I let God do the work, but trusting in God, worrying less, and also just doing a better job of taking, my, taking care of myself physically, you know, eating and exercise. Uh, my wife and I both are working, um, you know, each day on doing a better job with that. Finally, also, in, it shows up in, in trying to become friends with people outside of the Blue Ridge Church. We moved to Charlottesville uh, just over two years ago. 
And we don't have a lot of friends outside of the church. We spend a lot of time with the folks in the church, and they are uh, wonderful and some of our best friends in the world. They really, really are. But we want to have friends that are outside of the church, too, just as Jesus did. So we're trying to grow in that. How's it going with you? When I ask that, do you feel like you're growing? Do you feel like you've been thinking about it, thinking about what you can grow in, in the spiritual sense? Or maybe you're feeling like you're kind of just kind of a bit stuck in the mud, haven't really thought about it. Or maybe it's like when you get up in the morning, you know, when you step out of bed. If you're like me, those first few steps uh, are not big steps. You don't just leap out of bed and go about your day. It takes you a little bit to get going. And maybe in a spiritual sense, it's hard to, to, to feel like you're getting going. So I thought, again, it would help to talk about that today. I think the first thing to help us is just having a proper view. You know, a proper view is everything. Uh, a few months ago, I made a, a pizza. And um, I had made a crust and put the toppings on the crust. And the, 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 the short story is, is that the crust... Um, I could not get it onto the grill where, in this case, I was going to to uh, make it. And the crust got crinkled, it got wrinkled, it got folded over with toppings on it. It was a mess, and it was closer to looking like a like a messed up calzone, like I might have stepped on it or something, than anything like a pizza. Well, my response to that wasn't uh, overly righteous. I found myself very angry, very discouraged. And that didn't help my view. My view was my problem. Um, like I felt there was in the moment, like there's no solution, no hope at all of just being able to make a decent pizza. Like I was never going to make a pizza again, or I was maybe the world's worst pizza maker. I didn't necessarily consciously think that. But I was thinking, like, I, I stink at this. I stink at making pizzas. And my view of pizza making really hindered the thought of moving forward. When it comes to most anything, our view of it really determines what you do with it. Uh, in other words, if you feel like life has dealt you lemons, you know, it can be difficult. You know, it could be a, a situation where, where um, you know, it's just been handed to you. You have a, a, a new boss that's just not, not working well. You may have uh, just, you know, I don't know, some negative nillies of, of things from, from family members or things at work. Uh, just living in a space that is a bit of a dark cloud. A view that is not hopeful, but a view that is hopeless. A lot of times we find ourselves in that. If you're like me, you find ourselves in those circumstances, and then you want to start to blame other people. And it causes you to hang on to grudges. You feel a little bit lost, a little bit lonely. None of that is helpful. It is not a helpful view of being able to work through difficult moments, difficult times, or just even an effort of trying to grow. And again, if you're like me, I, I, I got discouraged in my pizza making, but you might get discouraged in, in, in spiritually. You might get discouraged because of, of you know, hard times that are going on now or for your church or for your, your, you personally. Sometimes you think, gosh, my best days in my Christianity are someplace in the rearview mirror. They're somewhere in my past. Well, that's pretty discouraging when you're looking forward to the rest of your life. And so you think about and dwell on this discouragement. Uh, you might feel frozen in a, in a bit of a, a spiritual time warp. Um, these things can plague us. They can 
occupy our mind space and warp our view. You know, we've been talking about biblical people in the last few podcasts, and it's been so incredible, actually, to look at some of these Old Testament people that all went through difficult things. They all had their moments, and had they made a a different choice in the story, you know, history would actually show them to be different. You know, for Jacob, we talked about him a few weeks ago. You know, when young, he stole the birthright from Esau, fact that hung with him every day. He knew what he did, and I'm guessing that he had some guilty thoughts about that. Later, as an older adult, while fleeing for his life from Laban in Exodus 31-32, and then later in life, he had to face up to him. Jacob had to face up to Esau and face up to the fact that he had stolen that birthright. He also spent a whole night wrestling physically with God, a momentary time that left him with a physical detriment. Afterwards, we talked about Jochebed. Jochebed is Moses' mother, and we read about her in Exodus chapter 2. She lived as a slave to Pharaoh in Egypt. She was under the threat every day of her baby while she was with child, while she was carrying her child, that if that baby, when born, was, was going to be a son, was going to be killed at birth. That was the rule that Pharaoh had set in place during that time. And she lived with that every day while she was carrying what would come to be her son Moses. Speaking of Moses, also in Exodus chapter 2, he spent 40 years in the desert, guilty with blood on his hands from killing another man. He was living not with his people and living a bit of a fake life during that time. And how about Joshua and the battle that we read and and, uh, read in Exodus chapter 17? He was literally fighting a battle that while on his way to winning had times of losing based on someone else's faith, their connection with God. He wasn't in control of the moment. It actually belonged to someone else. No matter how hard he fought, how well he he uh, swung the sword. The fact of winning and losing the battle was actually based on someone else's faith. But if you look at each of them, you know what was in view for them, regardless of their circumstance, they all held a view of God being an almighty figure. They believed that God was in fact a big God. You know, there may have been others, but these circumstances for them showed that. I think the the creation story would have been a part of of their learning of who God is. You know, in Genesis chapter 1, it starts out that in the beginning, it is actually God that created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. The darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of water. The story... And the fact of God creating the world around them, I'm sure helped them to believe that God was in fact an almighty figure, that he was in fact a big God during their difficult moments. I think it showed in their obedience and faithfulness during these times. You know, it's harder to to practice obedience. It's harder to practice uh, faithfulness when things are difficult than just to say it. I mean, we see some of the weaknesses in these people. We see their errors or their sins. But yet they believed in a big God and an almighty God. 
I think they also knew the story of Abraham that we see in Genesis chapter 12, where it says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What an incredible, incredible moment of seeing God's greatness and his dreams for Abraham. And of course, these people were descendants of Abraham. I think they held this belief to their core. And we see and read about God at work in their lives leading up to their moments of great faith. It's a fact that they held a view of God that was very big. So what does that mean for us? What does it mean for you and me as we sit here today thinking about these people from the Old Testament? Well, I think we can imitate these faithful people and maybe others too as well as when you think about God's Word. There's plenty of people to to look at. And I hope I can give you a better view of this as we discuss this. I hope that you can have a faith that is increased when you think about these people and how God blessed them. So that when life happens to you, you know, you can choose, you can ignore or run away from faith or just live like God isn't there. When life happens to you and the thorns are growing in your soil and and the weeds are coming up in your flower bed, so to speak, you can wish your faith was Disneyland and wish it was encouraging. Always picture perfect when it's actually a challenge. When life happens to you, you can talk about it, talk about the different facts, the different things are going on, but that's different than taking on working through the challenges. You can put off working on those challenges till tomorrow. Think about it tomorrow or the next day or next week, but none of those are the right answer. None of those are the view of God being big and God being almighty, that he can help you today. And we get blinded by some of these things that happen to us. I'm reminded of the parable of the sower that Jesus shared in Matthew chapter 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. The great crowds gathered around him so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell on the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. You know, as I read through the four different types of soils, I'm sure you and everyone would want to be in soil number four. You know, that's the one that's in the good soil. That's the one that produces grain. That's the one that produces a hundredfold, sixty, thirty, but many multiples of what it is. That's the best one. The first and second soils, well, the seed dies and just fades away, either quickly or shortly thereafter. The scariest one to me is the third soil. 
but yet sometimes that can be the most relatable soil. The seed doesn't die, it just lives there and being, being choked by other plants, but doesn't actually die. It's, it's life that, uh, around it can steal its life. The life in the third soil can be stolen by other things of, of life around it. You know, the thorns block the sun, they steal the water, they take the nutrients from the ground so the seed can't grow. But it's able to hang on just enough. Some of us might feel a little bit like that, where the stuff is going on around you, stealing your faith, or just feeling stuck. Well, let's get through this. Let's talk about your view of God. Your view of God can help you muster the strength, muster the energy, muster the inertia to get through the difficulties. Your view of God can help you grow. I love Psalm chapter 86. In a prayer of David, he writes this, O God, insolent men have risen up against me. A band of ruthless men seek my life, and they do not set you before them. But you, O Lord, are a God of mercy and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. I mean, David's in a situation where he's got men seeking his life. You may or may not have that and probably don't. But his take and his clear view of God's mercy and gracious, despite these men trying to kill him, oh my goodness, it is a challenge to us all. It is a challenge to us all despite extreme circumstances that our view of God can be a little bit of that of David's can help us to get through. If you feel like that thorn is uh, a thorn of trouble is taking life out of you, take on the heart of David here and tell God how merciful he is. Tell God how gracious he is in the face of the thorn that is stealing nutrients from your soil. See God's goodness like David did. David says, God, you are slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And he says that again while people are chasing after him. If we can take on a view of God's goodness like that, even in the most extreme moments, my goodness, that would change our lives. That would really help us to grow. Don't find yourself being irritated at things, whether at work, whether at home, whether at church or wherever you might be. Yeah, it's something that I struggle with sometimes. I get irritated by some of the smallest things sometimes, and it blocks my view of God. It blocks my view when I get angry and hold things in, or I just get irritated with small things. Let those small things go, because those small things can turn into big thorns that can steal from you and take life away from you. I just want to remind you of Jesus' teaching. To those that wanted to follow along uh, Jesus, to be a Jesus follower, at one point there were followers of Jesus that were, I think quite frankly, just coming along for the ride, to be entertained. They were coming along because it was a thing to do, and Jesus was doing these amazing miracles. He was actually very entertaining to some. 
when he turns to them and says, If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus is pretty demanding here regarding the commitment to those that wanted to follow him. And sometimes it is these thorns that grow up and, and fester inside of us that keep us from doing just what Jesus asks of us. Part of denying ourselves, denying our, our likes or dislikes or whatever that might be, denying ourselves is denying ourselves some of those things that, that get under our skin where it just doesn't matter as much. It shouldn't matter as much. Some of those things that sidetrack us from keeping our eyes fixed on the cross, it shouldn't, those things shouldn't matter as much to us. What should matter the most is following Jesus, picking up our cross and following, following him. He simply wants our full commitment, fully in. And when those thorns are there, we are still able to produce the fruitful life that God desires. And that feels so good because the thorns are going to be there. Life isn't easy. Life has its challenges, and when we're trying to grow, and again, we find ourselves fully committed, we are still able to produce that fruitful life that God desires. And as I said, it feels so, so good. I really hope you're having uh, an incredible summer this year, that you're growing. If you've listened to the other podcasts, that you are growing in, in spirit and in faith and just in life. I'm reminded of a proverb that is one of my favorites. You know, it's helpful if, if you find yourself stuck or it's just a higher call if you're feeling good and feeling like you're moving forward. Either way, hear the proverb and respond to God's great mercy and his grace. It's Proverbs chapter 2 says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. God is an awfully big God. Make the effort to fight through the distractions. Make the effort to keep working on growing, to find that area of your life that you are, want to grow in. Keep going in your pursuit of it. Don't quit, don't stop, don't get sidetracked, and don't let the thorns get in your way. And the end result will be character growth, a growing faith, and a fruitful faith. I want to encourage you to just to write down. Make a note on your phone or write it on paper of what you are working on, have a Bible verse to go with it, and share it with someone. And I think you'll find that you'll do well in growing down the road. I hope that was helpful, and if you'd like to hear more, please don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're in the Charlottesville, Virginia area and would like to stop in and visit us at a Sunday service, please send us a note or visit our website at blueridgedisciples.org for more information.